inside the ring with DJ Nigger. That's right, that's right, that's right. This is your boy DJ Nigger here. And this week is a special WrestleMania tribute show that I want to talk about. My favorite top WrestleManias. As well as, um, I'm not going to talk into what's going on in the wrestling this week. I'm just going to talk about WrestleMania. And before I start that up, um, I am want to give out some shout outs to my boy Sunny Spoons 420 with his podcast and also the Amy and Everything podcast. That's our podcast. And I want to say thank you for all those people that has been uh, showing um, love and support during our time of the podcast, as well as um, shout out to the people on the UK with their Hollywood podcast, um, as well as a few weeks with um, Bruce Pritchard, Comrade Thompson, with Eric Bischoff. Um, I think that's it, right? Something to wrestle with. All you three guys, you know? Keep up and do work with those two podcasts. All those wrestling podcasts, I mean. And uh, before I get to it, even though this is a wrestling podcast, I do want to pay my respects to the late, great Nipsey Hussle. I know this is a wrestling podcast, but I talk about music and, um, you know, wrestling during the other podcasts as well. But... You know, as me as a DJ and at the same time too, somebody that loves, you know, wrestling, um, sometimes the hip hop world was ventured into wrestling, you know, but eventually this was a tragic um, incident that happened and it bothered me a lot. So I do want to pay my respects to the late great Nipsey Hussle, even though um, it wasn't a wrestling involvement at all but eventually it did bother me a person that loves music and stuff like that as well as like you see like the sports entertainers like the lebron james is um also as the russell westbrooks of the world they were paying their respects during the game so i'm paying my respects during this wrestling podcast like i did already with the the podcast so i just want to give a, a moment of silence and i'll get to it Rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. Anyways, let me get into it, folks. Uh, it's WrestleMania season. So I wanted to pretty much um, give my take of my favorite um, WrestleMania matches and WrestleMania moments as well. You know, since WrestleMania is upon us, you know, this year's WrestleMania is about seven, eight hours. That's a lot. That is a lot. Before it used to be like three hours or whatever, but now it's actually four to, no, sorry. It starts at four, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And it finishes like around 10 or 11. Jesus Christ, talking about going to work the next day, that's a lot of wrestling. But for a wrestling fan, that's actually pretty good. And I love wrestling, so I don't mind watching it. But at the same time, I'm looking at it, it's like that new Marvel movie is coming out. Endgame, Endgame's going to be three hours. So... For WrestleMania to be seven to eight hours, I'm actually stoked and excited about it, you know? So, can't wait to watch it. But I want to get into it. I want to get into it. My favorite WrestleMania matches. All right, I can take it back in the day, and I can go in from WrestleMania 1. You know, that was like the main, main uh, marquee of the biggest event of the year for wrestling. You know what I mean? You actually had... Um, it was the rock and roll connection with wrestling. That was Cindy Lauper, 
Wendy Richard together. You know, Wendy Richard won the um, woman's title from Mae Young. And then you had um, Hulk Hogan, Mr. T, and going against Roddy Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff with their manager, um, I think it was Randy Orton's father. Yeah, Cowboy Bob Orton, as well as Jimmy Superfly stuck in the corner of uh, Mr. T and Hulk Hogan. Then the special guest referee that night was uh, Muhammad Ali. Yes, got, got sidetracked there for a second, but eventually I don't remember who it was. But then that match was actually good. I liked it because actually, like, even though I was I was born in '84, but at the same time too, I got to see that match like years later and then from seeing it where it started you know what i mean to where it has become now making it into a big big thing is actually pretty cool it's all wrestlemania is now into the um you know into the stadiums and stuff like that i always tell my friends that when we talk about wrestling i wish they kind of did um a wrestlemania in new england they did it before but it was at the Fleet Center in Boston, now the Garden. Um, it was WrestleMania 14 when Austin versus Shawn Michaels for the WWE Championship belt and Tyson was the enforcer. But I always said that after that WrestleMania, why can they put it at Gillette Stadium? Because they're always doing it in big arenas. You know what I mean? They go to back and back and back and back to the same places and same locations, but the thing is, to do it in New England is kind of tricky because you never know when the weather is going to be good or when it's going to be bad. Like right now, the weather is good. It's only it's April, you know, and eventually, come tomorrow, it could be snowing again. You know, that's the funny part about, you know, being in New England. And uh, to have a WrestleMania in Gillette Stadium, that's actually a huge stadium, you know what I mean? So it would be pretty cool to do it there, you know, but... Maybe I'm hoping that one day they'll come down to New England and do it. But speaking of um, New England, yes, that was WrestleMania 14 I just mentioned. It was Austin versus Shawn Michaels. That WrestleMania I did watch as a kid. Um, that was in I was in middle school when that actually that match actually happened, and I literally thought it was gonna be Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Mike Tyson. That's what I thought it was, but then. Come to find out, it was Austin versus Shawn Michaels for the title. You know what I mean? They hyped it up so well, you know. And um, at that very moment, I remember seeing years later Eric Bischoff saying that when WWE hired Shawn, um, sorry, when WWE hired Mike Tyson, that they were in trouble. You know what I mean? And Mike Tyson at the time, his license I think was suspended from boxing, and Mr. McMahon reached out to him and. I guess he actually reached out to him with a big bag of money. You can't say no to money. So Tyson accepted and um, pretty much it actually gave him um, a place in the Hall of Fame as well. You know what I mean? So it was actually a great match. You know what I mean? To see Austin from the grind that he went from, you know, going through these different places in wrestling life, like in the WCWs and in the ECWs and then going to WWE as the ringmaster with Ted TiBiase, then becoming the big, big Stone Cold Steve Austin that we all love now and forever will love, 
to go against Shawn Michaels where he was actually at that time he was more I say in that time period he was more of his prime I could say you know what I mean he was a big household name he wanted to go to WCW at the time because his friends were there Scott Hall Kevin Nash and uh, Mr. McMahon did not let him because he said it too that if he would have went he wouldn't have that much leeway that he had in WWE so I'm very glad that Shawn Michaels stayed around and they actually had a phenomenal match between him and Austin. You know what I mean? That main event match right there was actually was um was great. You know what I mean? They shut down the Fleet Center down in Boston and um Austin won the title that night. Shawn Michaels went on in the sunset. You know, he also had was suffering from a back injury. He had to get back surgery as well. We didn't get to see Shawn Michaels a year later. Um, at um, let me see, when he went against Triple H at I forgot what year. I think it was 2004 or something like that. 2002. I don't remember what year it was when he first Triple H at um, at a SummerSlam. But before that, he actually was part of the NWO. So I'm gonna go into. That was my one of my my one of my favorite WrestleMania matches was Austin versus Shawn Michaels. We're now on to actually turn the page into another WrestleMania match that I enjoyed very much with Shawn Michaels himself. All right, it was Shawn Michaels. You know, he came back and he came back hard versus Y2J Chris Jericho. That was another favorite match of my, one of my other favorite WrestleMania matches that I loved the most. You know, I gotta say, between those two, they tore the house down. All right, it was WrestleMania 19. All right, and I gotta say, it was like the student versus the teacher in this situation because when Chris Jericho was coming up. Everybody thought that he was going to be the next Shawn Michaels, just the way he was wrestling and stuff like that. But I didn't look at Chris Jericho like that because he was already a technician. You know what I mean? He was already doing a lot of submission moves and high flying moves. So you can put Chris Jericho like, you know, he had a mixture of Owen Hart, Bret Hart, and Shawn Michaels all into one. You just had Shawn Michaels, a high flyer, the main eventer, the showstopper, Mr. WrestleMania, going against that guy that had all that into one that made that match itself like a show stealer you know what i mean that match itself like pretty much knocked the house down so that was actually one of my favorite matches at the ending of that match was the best part you know what i mean that shocked the world to everybody when chris jericho kicked Shawn michaels in the grind on the grind and next thing you know from right there um set more of a rivalry between the two, you know what I mean? And it kind of looked like you never know what you can expect from Chris Jericho, you know? <laughs> Our match was actually good. Now, another one of my favorite WrestleMania matches, kind of sad to say, I'm going to go to WrestleMania, um, um, WrestleMania 9. WrestleMania 9, actually, I enjoyed that WrestleMania very much. It was at Caesars Palace. And um, I think it uh, pretty much I was part of the Trump Towers. I don't remember. I don't think so. But see, uh, WrestleMania 9 was actually a good one to me. You know what I mean? Because it was an outside venue as well. And um, 
it came the um, at the time Hulk Hogan came back. You know what I mean? It was the Mega Maniacs versus Money Incorporated for the tag team titles, where Hulk Hogan did not win their tag team title at all. He actually made history for the first time for himself when he actually won a tag team title, and that was with Edge. That's years later. But at the time, he actually was with his best friend, uh, Brutus Apartment Beefcake, you know what I mean? So, at that time, um, yeah, Jimmy Hart was managing them. You know, Jimmy Hart was managing Money Incorporated, but ended up going to the side of Money, I mean, the Mega Maniacs. And that match, it was actually pretty good. I liked it. But throughout the uh, match, um, I got to give it to Money Incorporated. They actually, you know, a lot of good wrestling style moves. Between those two, RRS and Ted TBRC, they had great, great chemistry together. You know what I mean? Brutus and Hulk Hogan, they were just best friends. You know I mean? They were just friends. So their ring chemistry together, to me, I didn't really like it because all I've just seen was Brutus the Bar Beefcake more like a sidekick to Hulk Hogan, including when he was in the NWO days as his disciple, you know what I mean? As Hulk Hogan's best friend and all that other good stuff. But to see that match, I got to give it more to Money Inc., you know what I mean? They had a great run as tag team champions. You know, I love the gimmicks that they actually had between the two of them. So that was actually one of my favorite matches at that card. But then also another great match in that one would have to be um, Shawn Michaels and I think it was Shawn Michaels versus uh, Tatanka. That was actually a great match too. You know what I mean? I like that one as well. Then we see the debut of the narcissist Lex Luger with his cocky gimmick. And then later on, he tried to be the American hero after... Hulk Hogan went to WCW, but that didn't work out so well for him. You know what I mean? I wasn't a fan of Luger, but especially when I saw him come up with that gimmick at that WrestleMania, I did not like that at all. You know what I mean? But also, I got to take it back now to WrestleMania. I think it was WrestleMania 10. That WrestleMania was great. It was good. It was the ladder match between Shawn Michaels and Razor Rumble. Now, you talk about death-defying matches and stuff like that, like now, but back then, to see that ladder match between two best friends, the clique, going against one another, that match was so good. It was so good that it, Shawn Michaels came back after having some words with backstage with Mr. McMahon, you know, and stuff like that, and they had to have, to have a tournament for the IC title, Razor Rumble wins it, if I'm not mistaken, that's how it was, and Shawn Michaels comes back, and he says he's the real IC champion, and then they have this phenomenal great match where Razor Rumble comes on top. When I saw that match, I was actually, like, stunned. I was happy to see it because I was, like, I was rooting for the bad guy the whole match, you know, and Shawn Michaels was coming up with some, like, moves that you were like, wow, like, you guys can do that? Like, I, at that time, it was unheard of to see moves like that, but they actually did it. They actually tore the house down during that pay-per-view, but then also throughout, and there was another match in that one that actually was good, too, was Bret Hart versus his brother, Owen, you know, I like that match very much. 
you know, Owen versus his brother Brent. Rest in peace, Owen Hart. Um, I was upset because I thought that when Owen Hart was that beat Brett, his brother oh, Brett, that he would get a bigger push in the WWE. But come to find out that never happened. You know what I mean? He was always stood in the mid card. I always said to myself, now if Owen Hart was alive now, would he have gotten a title push? You know what I mean? Because to me, I thought he would have been a great WWE champion. Especially after beating his brother Brett. You know what I mean? Brett was pushing Owen very hard. And to be honest with you, Owen Hart was doing moves that you only saw like um you know they, they were doing it in new japan at the time out there in japan but he was incorporating his style into technician style into high flying style as well owen was doing great stuff at that time so i thought he would be a big 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 household name as a champion you know what i mean so when i saw that match i was like oh word he's gonna be a next WWE champion he's gonna be a champion of sorts Nope, that wasn't the case. At the night, after that happened, Brett ended up beating Yokozuna. You know what I mean? I kind of wish that they actually would have put Brett versus Owen, you know what I mean, for that title. You know, after Brett won it. But <sighs> who knows? If Owen would have been alive and if Brett decided to come back to WWE after getting screwed, when it would have had that, you know, nice match between the two brothers. That would have been a great thing to have. Now, another one of my favorite WrestleMania matches, I gotta say, has to be, hands down. WrestleMania 15. That whole pay-per-view was good. That whole pay-per-view was good. You know what I mean? It was like... From the beginning to the end, was good. They had a hardcore match. They had Sable at her prime doing her thing. You know, um, Butterbean knocks out Barb Gun, <laughs> and uh, what else they had? Um, the IC title was up for grabs as well that night. And I think, um, I think at the time, Road Dog was a champion of that of that IC title at the time. And Billy Gunn was a hardcore champion that night as well. You know, then you saw the turn events of Triple H turning on um, Xbox and he going corporate because China was already part of the corporation. And Shane McMahon still kept the European Championship belt. Then we also get um, Big Show getting arrested, you know. And destroying uh, mankind and mankind becoming the special guest referee for the Austin versus Rock match, where that match was actually really, really good. And um, Austin celebrates with Earl Hebner and drinking some beer. But then you go and take it to WrestleMania 17 in Texas. Austin versus Rock again. I'm talking, this one was another good one. But this time, the table turns. Austin becomes heel. Yes, he becomes heel. You know, that was actually that whole, okay, he becomes heel. All right? I'm going to talk about that match as well as that card itself because there was other 
couple of great matches in that pay-per-view that I liked a lot. But I wanted to say, talk about this one right here. The Austin Rock rivalry. Again, you thought that Austin was going to lose? No. They hyped it around Austin the whole time. Because at that time period, I thought that every single time you watch WrestleMania, the champion stayed champion. You know, it was actually, they finally switched it up where Austin became champion that night. And he did. He became champion that night with the help of Mr. McMahon. Yes, you heard me right. Mr. McMahon, the same guy that Austin used to give hell to, the owner of WWE, Mr. McMahon. That was unheard of. That was crazy. You know what I mean? He beat the hell out of him all the time, raising hell. But then you see him shake hands. The whole wrestling world was like, oh my God, Austin just did the unthinkable. He's shaking hands with the double. You know? And he did. And he won the title. He won the title. He won the title. So that was insane that he did that. But also, I want to talk about the card itself. He had, it was a crazy hardcore match where King came on top beating um, Raven and Big Show. That whole match was everywhere around the arena. You know, then you also had um, my other favorite match on that pay-per-view had to be um, Chris Benoit and uh, um, Angle. Them two used to make some great matches together. Their chemistry together in the ring was insane. I liked them too when they actually tied it up. Them two knew how to wrestle each other very, very well. And now, you got Undertaker and Triple H. Undertaker riding his motorcycle down the arena. That was a long, 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 long um, walk. All the WrestleMania events that they'll be having in these venues, man, all those ramps and stuff are mad, mad long now. If I was a wrestler and I was part of WrestleMania, I swear to God, I'd get me a bike or a car just to ride down that freaking um, that ramp because that ramp is long as hell. <laughs> but anyways, you got here Triple H and Undertaker. Man, you'll see them wrestle years later but i gotta say i gotta say that match was too good in the words of the nwo that match was just too sweet too sweet then you also got another great match it was to me it was great Father versus son. Yes. WCW owner Shane McMahon versus the WWE owner Mr. McMahon. That match was good. Their wife and mother was actually sedated at the time. Mr. McMahon was just being Mr. McMahon like always. Mick Foley was a special guest referee in that match. And um, I think it was, a, it, was a, yeah, it was a street fight. And Shane McMahon... <laughs> Be his father, Linda McMahon shocked the world and kissed, kicked Mr. McMahon in the balls. That was actually pretty funny. But then I want to take it to another great WrestleMania match that I enjoyed watching. 
it had, well, I gotta say, the rise of Daniel Bryan. You know what I mean? I gotta take it to that match right now. Daniel Bryan, one great wrestler. You know what I mean? Going against this Sunday coming up against Kofi Kingston. You know what I mean? It's Kofi Mania. But anyways, I'm, this is all about Daniel Bryan right here, what I'm talking about. He had to go and beat Triple H and be injured, then do the unthinkable defeat. The winner of the Royal Rumble that year, Dave Batista and Randy Orton. That's that went inside that match as champion. Did the um, really unthinkable and the yes movement is where it became a thing. Even though it was a thing before, but that night it was more of a thing. You know what I mean? The yes movement pretty much. And then after that match, much later, Daniel Bryan had to, you know, quit wrestling because of um, neck injuries and multiple concussions and stuff like that. But now he got cleared to wrestle again, you know what I mean? So shout out to Daniel Bryan. But that pay-per-view event was actually pretty good. You know what I mean? The entrances and stuff like that as well. You know where Triple H came in um, with two, with three valets. I think it was Alexa Bliss, Sasha Banks, and uh, Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, Charlotte. That match was actually pretty good between Daniel Bryan and Triple H. But that match I liked a lot. But then next, you know, seeing Daniel Bryan become champion, that was actually pretty good. Then I'm going to switch. I'm going back and forth everywhere. But these are just matches that I liked in WrestleManias. There's so many of them. But I want to talk about Undertaker in the street right now. Because if you're talking about WrestleMania, you got to talk about Undertaker in the street. His street is huge. All right? So many superstars have gone against Undertaker and the streak. You know what I mean? And um, to see the streak, how it ended... I was actually disappointed because the person that defeated Undertaker for this streak, it made me mad because um, to see it go down as Brock Lesnar defeating, um, let me see, Undertaker made me mad because there were so many other superstars that could have defeated Undertaker and taken away the streak. And I gotta say, it could have been Shawn Michaels. Yeah. It could have been Triple H. Yeah. How about put it, what about if it was Sting making his debut? Not the way that he made his debut at that WrestleMania against Triple H. What about if he would have made his debut against Undertaker and he would have defeated the streak? That would have been wrestling history. You know what I mean? The WCW franchise going against the WWE's franchise player, The Undertaker. And then from right there, he defeated The Undertaker. That would have been a great thing to have happened. I thought about that multiple, multiple, multiple times to see Undertaker defeat, get defeated by a sting. But then next thing you know, you had the streak all started first with Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Then he goes against... You know, uh, let me see, Jake Roberts. Then he goes, and then there's just randomly people on the set mentioned that he actually defeated. Then he actually, Giant Gonzalez. 
Triple H three times, Shawn Michaels two times. Then the one, and then he went against um, Sin, Batista, Kevin Nash. The one match in this streak that I was so so mad. Not once, but twice that he could have that you know could have pushed over our, our opponent. You know what I mean? Was WrestleMania. 21, Randy Orton versus Undertaker. I would have thought that that match, Undertaker would have pushed Randy Orton. That Randy Orton could have actually defeated the Undertaker for the streak. Nope, that didn't happen. Didn't happen at all. Did not happen at all. And I thought that that would have actually would have pushed Randy Orton and it would have had Randy Orton become a champion. You know, not a champion. Well, Randy Orton became champion, uh, you know, you know, years later, or I think it's that same year. I can't remember, but anyways, like a bigger household name. If he would have defeated Undertaker, you know what I mean, and he would have ended the streak. Another match that I thought that would have been a streak stealer, that I would have been very, very happy with, was the best in the world at the time, CM Punk. CM Punk versus Undertaker. That match was freaking so, so good. I gotta say, I liked it very much. I was very upset that they did not give CM Punk, you know, the credit of him defeating Undertaker and gaining the streak. You know what I mean? Now we go. Ric Flair and Undertaker. That was another match that I would have thought that Ric Flair, the 16-time world champion, would have defeated the Undertaker, and when I say defeated, would have taken the streak with him too. Nope, that didn't happen at all. Did not happen at all. I'm more mad about that situation that Undertaker did not um, get past Ric Flair to defeat the streak. Then we go now to Brock Lesnar. I'm mentioning it again. I'm upset about that. Brock Lesnar did the unthinkable. He defeated the Undertaker for the street. Undertaker got defeated by freaking Brock Lesnar. And Brock Lesnar can just sit here in the wrestling world and say that he defeated the dead man. And it pisses me off. This is a guy that I talk about multiple times that does not care about the you know, wrestling world. He only cares about the money. I'm sorry to say, I'm personally, I have spoken before on my podcast, all right, that how much I dis not like Brock Lesnar. He should just stay in the UFC. You know what I mean? And for him defeating The Undertaker, that pissed me off. That pissed me off a lot. He should literally, literally, literally let that match be. And get let him get beat. But no, Mr. McMahon turns on the switch and let Brock Lesnar defeat the dead man. But anyways, that's just my take on the streak. I was really upset about it. But anyways, other than that, I'm gonna talk about the other WrestleMania that I like a lot. WrestleMania X8. Yes. The Rock, the people's champion. Going against Mr. Hollywood, Hulk Hogan. This version of Hulk Hogan is always going to be my favorite one. A heel Hulk Hogan. You know, at the time as a kid, you know, 
The red and yellow is cool, you know what I mean? I like the Dan Hulk Hogan at that red and yellow phase, but me personally, as I got older, I liked the dark Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, black and white, will always be my favorite Hulk Hogan. NWO made their debut that year at No Way Out. Mr. McMahon wanted to infect poison into WWE because at the time, Ric Flair and Mr. McMahon were partners. You know what I mean? After the invasion angle ended, um, Ric Flair debuted as co-owner of the WWE. And Mr. McMahon did not like Ric Flair being part of the ownership with him. So he decided to um, inject poison. And by injecting poison, he brought the three original members of the NWO. That was Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Mr. Hollywood himself, Hulk Hogan. And at the time, everybody thought when they saw Hulk Hogan, it was going to be Hogan versus Stone Cold Steve Austin because that's a match that everybody wanted to see. Nope. It ended up being Hulk Hogan going against The Rock. And I got to say, that match was in Toronto. And um, I want to say that that match was good, but I really wanted to see more Rock versus Hogan. I mean, sorry, I take that back. I wanted to see Austin versus Hogan the most. But beggars can't be choosers. So we added steak here with Hulk Hogan and The Rock. But I got to say it was a good match. I got to say it was a good match. The match before that and throughout the night happened was Stone Cold versus um, Scott Hall. It wasn't that good. You know what I mean? It wasn't that good at all. I liked it more, I mean, sorry, Rock versus Hogan. That match, hands down, was good. I thought that match should have been made event. You know, the main event of that night was the Undisputed Champion Chris Jericho and Triple H. Where they even said it, how are we going to top that match? That match took the whole breath out of the arena when Triple H and Y2J Chris Jericho came out to do their match. The whole energy of The Rock and Hogan was not. It was already gone. They took all the energy. So they did their match. But... It wasn't that good. What was good was The Rock and Hulk Hogan. I thought that when I saw Hulk Hogan pass the torch to The Rock, that was pretty cool. You know what I mean? It was like the king said. It was like the the, the young lion going against the bigger lion. Then you also heard Jim Ross say it's like Barry Bonds going against... Babe Ruth, you know what I mean? So that it was actually like two iconic icons going against each other, you know what I mean? Where you saw Hulk Hogan doing his Hollywood thing when he in his prime, like The Rock was doing now. You know, he's doing movies, he's doing stuff like that. But then he also was wrestling. So to see them two have so much of a career path to identically identical was actually to see them toward the house that we saw the whole crowd being behind Hulk Hogan, that was actually cool. That was actually cool. Where Hulk Hogan had no choice but to become face, you know? And um, I think I heard mentioned that before that Hulk Hogan thought he was going to stay, you know, a baby face, I mean, you know, a heel for a little bit, 
But at that moment, when they were just a crowd itself, the crowd in Toronto made Hulk Hogan had no other choice but to turn that baby face. You know what I mean? It's an iconic person where I'm going to take it now at that same arena. That same arena. Okay? I think it was the Sky Dome Jinx. It was, if, I'm a mistake, if I could be wrong, so don't judge me if I'm wrong here, folks. It was Hulk Hogan and um, Ultimate Warrior. You know what I mean? Intercontinental Champion, Ultimate Warrior, going against Hulk Hogan. And um, at that night, Ultimate Warrior defeated Hulk Hogan. You know? That night, Ultimate Warrior defeated Hulk Hogan. And, um, you know, you can say, like, did Hulk Hogan pass a torch that night? Eh. I think he passed more than a torch that, um, on the WrestleMania card with The Rock. You know I mean? He passed the torch to that match towards The Rock. So that was actually pretty cool to see that. But that was a good match. I liked the Ultimate Warrior and um, Hulk Hogan. Now, another one of my favorite WrestleManias. I'm going to take WrestleMania 3. WrestleMania 3 will always be one of my favorite WrestleManias. You know why? Not because Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Rest in peace, Andre the Giant. That was a good match. But the match of the night was Randy Savage. Ooh, yeah. Can you dig it? Going against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. That match was intense. It was so back and forth, back and forth. Close pinfall, the close pinfall. You know, high flying moves. And it was just incredibly good. I was like, man, this match is awesome. That was one of my favorite, favorite, favorite WrestleMania matches. You know, I had that throughout the whole night. You know, after watching the pay-per-view, you knew that that was the one match you were like, you know what? That's the match right there. That's the match right there. That match right there is the one. Is the one. You know what I mean? Ricky the Dragon Steamboat going against uh, Randy Savage. And Ricky the Dragon Steamboat became IC champion. You know, I thought that after that happened, you know, that they would have pushed... You know, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat into becoming more of a household name and would have became a WWE champion at the time. You know what I mean? But that never happened, but this still was a great match. And now, I'm going to take and go back to WrestleMania 21. I already talked about, you know, Undertaker in the streak with Randy Orton about that. But I'm going to still talk about that card, WrestleMania 21. Pay-per-view opened up with um, Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero. Two best friends, tag team champions at the time. You know what I mean? Good match. Good match, good match, good match. You know what I mean? Was it, a stole, it wasn't a show stealer at all. It was not a show stealer, but I will talk about a show stealing match in a little bit. The debut of Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank actually debuted it in this pay-per-view. All right. Chris Jericho had the idea, you know, one night in Raw, how about put a briefcase on the top 
and have the first person who becomes, you know, the first person that actually captures that briefcase gets a title shot pretty much anytime, anywhere. You know what I mean? And um, it happened. It was, I think it was, it was Edge, Chris Benoit, Kane, Christian, Y2J, Chris Jericho, and I don't know who else. Did I still mention Edge? Yeah, Edge. That match, Edge won. And can he cash into the following year against John Cena? A broken John Cena at the New York Revolution pay-per-view. And became champion. You know? And then that's where it started, folks, where pretty much you have the money in the bank. You can cash it any time. When you're, especially when your opponent is vulnerable, the champion's vulnerable, and you just defeat them and become champion. And we see it multiple times where it was the CM Punks, you know, took advantage of that. Daniel Bryan took advantage of that. Edge one who actually actually made that face, you know what I mean? Edge did the same thing to Undertaker. You know, Undertaker was a champion. He actually cashed in his money in the bank against Undertaker one night after getting destroyed by Mark Henry. Then you see years later that the money in the bank became a big, big thing, and they made a pay-per-view out of it. You know? So now you have the money in the bank pay-per-view. So that's actually pretty cool. So then another great match in that card that we saw a repeat of was Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle. Man, you talk about closing down the house, knocking down the house, what everyone is talk about. Them two together, they put a wrestling clinic. They put that match into five-star status. That match was so good. That match was great. I was so happy to see that match. So then you got that match. That match was awesome. That actually was a great match. But then, I will tell you, another great match that I wanted, that I actually saw in that pay-per-view was the um, John Cena becoming the champion against JBL. You know, that was actually good. I liked that match a lot. You know, JBL pushed over John Cena. He became champion. You know, Dave Bautista became champion himself by defeating Triple H. You know what I mean? And look at um, Batista and John Cena where they at now. You know what I mean? Two guys that were wrestling so hard and making a name for themselves and now becoming, you know, Hollywood superstars just like The Rock, you know? So that match right there was awesome. Now, I want to talk about some death-defying matches in WrestleMania. WrestleMania, I don't know about, I don't know about WrestleMania 20. WrestleMania 20 was not that good for a pay-per-view for me. It wasn't. You know what I mean? There was a ladder match there. It was a four, was it four-way or three-way? Three-way ladder match. The Dudleys, Edge and Christian, and the Hardy Boys. You know? And they repeated the same match again at the, let's see, WrestleMania the following year. All right? And, um... The following year, it was okay, but not as the first one. You know what I mean? As WrestleMania 20. 
that they had to do it again. I think they did like three matches. I think there was another one they did in SummerSlam that year too. It was so good. But anyways, Jeff Hardy gets on top of the big, big, big ladder. Does a Swanton bomb on freaking Bubba Ray Dugley. That match was good. That I think that the Hardy Boy, not the Hardy Boys, Edge and Christian are undefeated against them too. You know what I mean? The last two times that they actually wrestled each other in ladder matches, you know? So to see that actually come the way it was, is actually pretty cool. Then another one of my favorite WrestleMania matches, I gotta say, it was, um, I want to take it to, let me see. Let me see. That was the one that I liked it a lot. It was. Let me see. You gotta go. It was like so many. It was so many. But this one actually I liked a lot. I don't know why. It was legacy members. Randy Orton versus um Cody Rhodes and Ted Tibiasi Jr. Randy Orton destroyed both of them, but that was actually a good match as well. But then I'm gonna end it with um one of my top, top WrestleMania of all time. If I had to choose, I don't know. Because there's so many of them. There's so many WrestleManias that are so good. That I'm really excited and happy to see where, um, where WrestleMania has became and become. That right now I cannot sit here. And these are just my top favorite WrestleManias. You mean there's so many matches, there's so many good wrestlers on these cards, you know what I mean? Superstars that have come and gone, and they're not longer with us, but then you got superstars that were there, that actually got to accomplish to being a part of a WrestleMania, you know? So, it's WrestleMania, folks. WrestleMania opponents, you know what I mean? This is a Super Bowl of wrestling. This is where you want to be. You know, this is where you want to be as a wrestling fan. This is where you want to be. You know, you want to see this. Again, I just mentioned before that this WrestleMania this year is going to be seven to eight hours. I'm really excited to see it. And um, all I got to say is I want everybody that's going to be watching WrestleMania, get your food, get your grub on, and be glued to that TV because it's going to be freaking one WrestleMania that we're never, ever, ever, ever going to forget. And I, I'm speaking of WrestleMania, one thing I'm always excited for is the night after WrestleMania. You know what I mean? The crowd is so, so, so hyped and so amped up that we see new people coming, new, um, you know, people that you haven't seen for a while while they're at WrestleMania, you know what I mean? And stuff like that. So, I just can't wait who's going to get called up from NXT, you know, and wrestlers like that. Or we're going to see faces that haven't been part of the company for a long time that make their run back. You know, this year's card is, is going to be stacked again. So, and then for the first time ever, the women are going to be closing the match out of the night. That is... The champion, Ronda Rousey, against the man herself, Becky Lynch, and the queen of queens, Charlotte Flair. And Stephanie McMahon mentioned last week that it's going to be um, winner take all. I did want to know, like, what's going to happen with that? 
You know, if the champ or whoever becomes the champion that match, how is that going to affect with the draft that's coming up this year? You know, but we'll have to find out. We'll have to find out. Also, we have Kofi Mania, Kofi Kingston versus um, Daniel Bryan. That's going to be a great match as well. And also Triple H versus Batista with his careers on the line. Um, that's going to be another great match. Rey Mysterio versus um, Samoa Joe. And one match that I'm actually, two matches here that I'm actually excited for is um, Shane McMahon in The Miz. That's actually going to be a good one. But the one that I know that's going to be a show stealer besides maybe Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan is AJ Styles and Randy Orton. Let me rant about this one right here. They both had different career paths, okay? Randy Orton did not want to be a wrestler. He was there about to throw the money. He's mentioned that before. AJ Styles really wasn't into wrestling. You know what I mean? His friends were, you know what I mean? He thought he took it as a joke, like, nah, I'll try it out, see what it is, and look where he became. AJ Styles took what was something you know what I mean? That was very big and made a household name in, in this scene. Randy Orton got somewhat of a push in WWE by family members, by wrestlers, you know what I mean? That were part of the business for a long time. AJ Styles is like pretty much like, you know, the underdog in this match where he came from nothing to something, where he made his name in the independent scene again from the ROHs of the world, wrestling in schools, and then he also, he ventured into WCW, if I'm not mistaken, you know what I mean, for a little bit, but he did not, he made more of his name in TNA, you know what I mean, where he became the first Grand Slam champion, and then years later, everybody thought, is AJ Styles going to come to WWE, is AJ Styles going to come to WWE, Randy Orton, you know, was making a household name for himself. Years you had out from Evolution, you know, but Randy Orton took a gimmick where he became the Legend Killer, defeating Legends and stuff like that. That's why I mentioned before when he actually was a Legend Killer when he actually thought it was going to end his streak against the Undertaker, but that never happened. But now you got AJ Styles and Randy Orton where they have become legends in their own halves, you know what I mean? So to see these two going against head to head in this match right here, I gotta say I'm glue gonna be glued to the TV heavy because this match has match of the year candidate whatsoever. Has to be. To me, this is gonna be match of the year. From my point of view, I hope it is because you already have matches that are ready that you say to yourself, like, oh man. This is match of the year that you will talk about at the end of the year, come December, saying like, oh, let me see, WrestleMania match, Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston, or it could have been, you know, Randy Orton versus AJ Styles. That match right there, I'm more excited to see than any other match because it's just the career pass and the shots that they take it at each other is, to me, I'm more excited about, you know what I mean? So I just really can't wait to see that match. And um, also, I want to say that this week coming up, I will, again, I was like saying in the beginning of the podcast, 
I will be talking my take of the WrestleMania um, results, talk about the matches and stuff like that, brief rundown of WrestleMania, as well as the ROH um, G1 uh, special that I had this week, as well as um, more of the WrestleMania Hall of Fame and NXT TakeOver and all that good stuff, and more to that stuff again. So this week's pod is going to be pretty cool. You know, give a breakdown of everything that's happened because everything I said before, every single time when WrestleMania is upon us, there's so many wrestling promoters coming out in the woodworks doing all this stuff. And then from right there, you're like, wow, damn, well, I don't know what to watch. So it's the same thing with me. I did not know what to watch either. So, you know, it's so much stuff that happens around this time around. Like me as a wrestling fan, I'm, I get excited when WrestleMania comes along because there's so many things you can do and stuff like that you know hopefully one day I get my daughter into wrestling because she asked me sometimes like that why you like wrestling so much wrestling has always been uh special in my heart you know what I mean I don't know what it is to this day I'm the only one in my family for my mom that still watches wrestling I don't know but damn it I love it but anyways it's your boy DJ Miggy here. Before I go, I do want to shout out to my friends over at um, Herbs Trading Corp. Check them out on Instagram at Herbs or at HerbsCorp.tk for the solar essentials and mystery boxes. That's Herbs Court. Um, as well, I want to shout out to my boy Sunny Spoons 420, you know, as well for his pod. You know what I mean? And also check us out doing our part of the Anything Everything podcast. And it's your boy DJ Miggy. And that is it, folks. Check me out on the flip side this week. I'm out of here. And I'm ready. To, I'm so excited for WrestleMania. I'm out of here, folks. Peace.